Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. I'm here at the Seaport, New York, Key in L.A., and Jay on our spring tour in Memphis. What's going on, guys? What's happening? Good night up, in the baby? NBA last night. Max, don't the killer my vibe today, baby. Not oh. today. Fiesta all day, siesta all night. Let's go. Happy Cinco de Mayo! <laughs> wait, wait a Look minute. Look at you guys. Just absolutely have no idea of Cinco de Mayo. Look I, at both of you. So I'm no, 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 no. You're wrong. I do have an idea of Cinco de Mayo. You have an idea Trust that is Cinco de Mayo? He lives in L.A., you, Jay. I was just going to get there, de Mayo. Jay. But what I would say is... Uh, I am not going to have any tequila or anything like that today. I'm just going to chill, have my tacos, maybe some chips and salsa, some guacamole. But I'm chill, no tequila, no nothing. Because I got to get ready for two dudes, so I can't be drinking. You know what I'm saying, Jay? I haven't are, had a yeah, drink in I a minute. I see you, Focus Key. Are you training? You know? Have you started the training process? Because I started I, yesterday officially. Two on two, Jay and Key, Barton Hahn, I haven't, basketball. I haven't started putting up shots yet. What I've started to do is get my cardio in condition yep, and, okay. and doing things of that nature. Uh-huh. So, you know, as you say, this is not a model contest, although as I start to shrink down, it just turns into You that. turn into a natural model yeah, on the basketball court. Natural pretty face. So, Please, are you going to come know. out all stylish? Like, do you wear the matching gear as a hooper? No. Like, is, okay. I, mean, I, I, I just want to make sure we're whatever. not that team. Okay, good. No, I put on whatever. Because Max might come out like in the full Reebok suit. You know what I mean? It matches the shoes. He might be like 90s. Oh, kind of like MC style. You track know what I mean? Suit. Yeah, the tracksuit. B-Boys. With the Kango, yeah. Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Kango. Kango. Oh, I, used to, I used to rock a Kango 24-7, yeah. That's all. <laughs> so, wait. <laughs> so, Jay, you're, le- you're, you're, you're going to be back on the East Coast this after- late afternoon, so you'll be able to get in a full Cinco de Mayo, right? Because in Memphis, you're not really – I don't know if you're going to be able to pull it off. Yeah, no, no, I leave like midday. Yeah, so I land tonight. I may not be able to get a full single day mile, but. Can we rewind for a second? Jay, why when we come into the show are you like, Max, don't kill my vibe today? What is that supposed to mean? No, 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 no. I said, don't tequila my vibe. Oh, tequila. See, see, nobody's coming at you. Don't tequila my vibe. Being a little defensive. See, don't do that. Yeah, why? Don't do do what I just did, is what you're saying? Did I walk right into it? (laughs) See, there you go. Now you're killing my vibe. Yeah, I'm tequilaing your vibe, though, I thought. There you go. Uh, you want to talk a little NBA, Jay? I heard you know you know a little something about basketball. Well, yeah, I realized I didn't know something about basketball, which we're going to talk about right now. Well, we're going to get – okay, let's get right into it because we could talk about the Suns, who I, I think this is the year Chris Paul chips up. I got my fingers crossed. You know, knock wood. I would love to see him get a chip, and, boy, the Suns look good. But, all right, let's talk heat. Let's talk heat and Sixers. Guys, Tyrese Maxey went for 34. No Embiid, as we know. Be nice for James Harden to step up. He shot it less than 20 times. Um, Has not attempted 20 shots in any game since being traded to Philadelphia, Jay. Sixers were no good from three. (laughs) I mean, and yet on the other side, on a very deep and well-coached Heat team, Jimmy Butler had 22. What What were you wrong about? Mm. Yo, Yates, hit that jump. Hit it. Mm. 
man, what, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Just wait for it. Just wait for it. Right. Here it is. Jimmy. Jimmy, hear me. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I just want to say this, Jimmy. I went out on a limb, and I said that I didn't think you could be a number one option type of guy. And I was wrong. The Heat have a legitimate chance, and they could win it all with Jimmy Butler being the number one option, guys. Like, this is real. And as I'm watching the 76ers last night, I find myself thinking about what this 76er team could have been if they chose Jimmy Butler over Ben Simmons and you had Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid on the same team because that's a culture that could have won. But as it translates to the Miami Heat, the best culture in all of sports. There's no sip, there's no there's no breaks, there's no leaks, nothing comes out of this team. And Max, it leads to the, the biggest question of the day. If you are to choose right now, who would you rather have on your team? Jimmy Butler or James Harden? Right now. So Key, I ask you that. Right now, Key, you can choose Jimmy Butler or James Harden. Who are you picking to give you the best odds to win a championship? <laughs> Well, I mean, clearly it's Jimmy Butler right now. James Harden, Max laid out the, his production in Philadelphia, and it doesn't take a, a genius to figure out that Jimmy Butler is playing better basketball right now than James Harden. Um, and I probably, I probably, even though he's struggling right now, I probably still would have taken Jimmy Butler in the past, to be honest with you. He's my type of player. I like the the, the, the grit, the grind. I like how he climbed to where he is, where he came from. That's that's my type of player. I Wait, just Key, you, you would know. have taken Jimmy Butler over James Harden when James Harden was averaging a triple double with thirty five points just about. You would have yeah, taken gu- Butler gu- over gu- him gu- then. Gu- guess what? They guess what? One dude played in the championship. Okay, it, it, even though it was in a bubble, whatever you want to call it, he was a part of that. He helped get them there. When the only thing we keep saying is. Wow, uh, uh, James Harden is a scoring machine. He's a step back three, da-da-da-da. But we ain't adding nothing else to it. So for me, it seems to me that Jimmy Butler, for all that he people think he came with, whether it was in Minnesota, Chicago, Philadelphia, now Miami, his team seemed to always be somewhere in the mix. So are James Harden, to be fair. that that's a yeah. plus for me. The crazy thing but, is though, and, and, the Sixers on took second, him Evan? over Ben Simmons though. But they didn't even take second. him over James Harden. They took him over Ben Simmons. Yeah, but that but just because they made a, a goofy mistake doesn't mean anything. And and I understand you say James Harden teams have always been in the mix too, but James Harden has always been with somebody. Okay, it's not like Jimmy Butler. Yeah, you can say well. Oh, no, that's not true, Key. He had this or he had that. No, he ain't really had those type of guys the same way Harden Yeah, had. Jimmy Butler's been like a part of an ensemble cast without another superstar throughout a well, lot of Jay, his career. Jay, he did play with Derrick Rose. No, I, I, a, a young Derrick Rose. Young There's no Derek question Rose. about it. That's why I said That's why I said what I said. I said you can say mm-hmm. he had one or two here, there. Ascending you can say MB, those sort yeah. of things, Jay. But in the end, when you look at his body of work as a whole, I'm talking about Jimmy Butler and his teammates as a whole. His teammates have come nowhere near what James Harden has been working but, with. But see, this is where I would go as it relates to James Harden. James Harden, triple-double machine. But what I've learned about James Harden is that when things seem to get tough, he disappears. Whereas with Jimmy Butler, when things get tough, he doubles and triples down and tries to stay in it. 
right? Because the more murky it gets, the more you feel like you see Jimmy thrive. So, and here's my last thing about the Heat culture. When they went through their little spat with Jimmy Butler and Eric Ispo, think about how it got, it, it got smushed right away. Eric Spolster at the press conference, like, oh, yeah, we were talking about what we're gonna, where we're going to go have dinner tonight. Like, you don't hear anything kind of leak from that culture. Whereas I talked to somebody yesterday about the Lakers, it feels like every time there's any hiccup within the Lakers organization, somehow word gets out. Woj is tweeting about Frank Vogel being fired before Frank Vogel even has a chance to address it at the, at the podium. Like, so that's just a, that's a massive advantage to being part of that culture established by Jimmy Butler and Pat Riley and Mickey Arison and Eric Spoelstra. It, it is certainly one of the best cultures in sports, Jay. It's the best, Max, to me. Yeah, maybe number one. the best culture in all sports. Could be. Yeah, I mean, Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. So here's the question, guys. If the heat culture is so good, we all sign off on that one, right? Could it attract LeBron James back to South Beach? Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Jay, I uh, understand that you are getting into playing shape. Well, I just started yesterday. It's my first day officially back on the court. We went to a place called Shoot 360, which, Cam, first off, we might need to invest in some of these. It's, it's crazy. They have all these shooting guns in this large 20,000-square-foot facility, and the shooting gun has this technology above it where it literally is like a huge screen, and it measures your arc, the trajectory of your shot, whether you're missing left or right. The gun is able to move into different games, different locations on the court. There's like a virtual reality ball handling station where you can work on your passing, hitting targets off this virtual reality screen. It was like a video game and a basketball workout coming together in real time. It's one of the dopest things I've ever seen. So got shots up yesterday, played some ball against some 14-year-olds. You got to start slow, Max. You know what I mean? You got to work your way up to the adult league. <laughs> were you, and what were your, the degrees of your shot on? Was it left, right? I mean, how'd you do? I mean, I, I took about, on the, the first session, I took about 40 shots. I made like 29. Right. So I, I'm, I'm doing okay. I mean, it wasn't the way I would like to make it. But, like, officially getting shots up and getting some cardio in, it was a good start. It was a good start. Mm. Not bad, Jay. Just keep working on it. You'll get there one day. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you'll be all like right. You'll be a great like, player one day. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Coach Joe. I appreciate you. I'll keep working for you. I like how you were like, I got. I, I hit about 29 out of 40. <laughs> like, about. <laughs> you were keeping. Yeah, well, dude, back, back in the prime, man, you going anything below 34, 35, like, I would be yeah. running sprints. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, listen, that was a long time ago, and you were beating children handily, I assume. Always you... blocking shots into the third row, man. It was I, I, I love dominating kids. Who was the tallest <laughs> kid you played against? 
Uh, probably a little, it bit, was a little a, bit taller than you, huh, Jay? Six feet? Uh, no, I think it was around the, the biggest guy I played against was probably maybe 60 pounds, 60 pounds, 60 pounds. 60 yeah. pounds. 60 okay, pounds, so you're yeah. taking base like a four-rounder. We're going to get up to a six-rounder next time, then an eight-rounder. Before you know it, you're fighting for the title. You know the boxing game, Max. Yeah. you got to work your way to the championship. Little, little by little. And you didn't take it good. easy on any of these kids, right? Don't send them the wrong message. They have to earn it, right? Got to earn everything in life, man. Nothing's given to you. Key knows all about that. Key, have you touched the basketball? No. See, this is what I'm worried about, Max. No. no. I'm, no, worri- I- I'm worried about this with him because he's going to want to have the rock. And if he hasn't touched the ball, I, I don't know how I'm going to handle that. He is all about he's trying to get in shape. Keeps talking you know, about how the kind of shape he wants to You know me, Jay. I ain't going to put you out there for failure. Don't worry, man. You no, ain't going to drown messing with me. I trust and believe in the process. I believe in it. When are you going to get start getting shots up, Key? It remains to be seen, Max. We're back in 10 <laughs> oh, seconds. Geez. It remains to be seen. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It seems to me that LeBron James's future as a Laker is imperiled. Here we go with LeBron James. He's the only person that has extreme value, that you'll never get equitable compensation for his greatness. I don't think he's going anywhere, man. If I'm LeBron, I'm ending my career with the Lakers. I have a business empire that extends beyond basketball. But it's the only chance you have to be immediately respectable if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And it is time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, guys. It's what Stephen A. had to say on first take yesterday. I want to announce to the American public that I think the Los Angeles Lakers should strongly consider trading LeBron James. The Los Angeles Lakers, as presently constructed, are going nowhere. He's the only person that has extreme value. You the Lakers, where you going? You got nothing. Well, you know what? I think they will consider it. Doesn't mean that it's going to happen. I think LeBron James will consider his options. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. I think when you look at this team and the way it is constructed, look, I think if they can move Westbrook's contract and move him, get rid of some of the other players and bring some younger, more exciting, dominant players around LeBron and AD, they can run it back. But if they make a decision to move on from LeBron, they might as well blow it up and look at the teams like Memphis where you're at, Jay. Look at the Minnesota Timberwolves, young guns that can go to reboot this thing and start all over again because at some point in time, whether it's right now, next year, the year after, LeBron James is going to be gone. I mean, LeBron James is not playing until he's 50 years old. So at some point, you've got to have an exit strategy in play and in your mind if you're the Los Angeles Lakers about moving forward without LeBron James. 
What do you I, think, Jay? I, 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 I never see the Lakers trading LeBron James. I see LeBron James finishing his career in L.A. First off, historically, this is not what the Lakers have done, with the exception potentially of Shaq, but that was a different situation. And my thing is, guys, think about what that would do to LeBron James's legacy. You're talking about one of the greatest players we've ever seen to play this game is going to get traded for collateral after he just won you a chip two and a half years ago? Like, what message would that send to the entire – we're going to send LeBron James to the Memphis Grizzlies? Like, you're going to exchange that? Like, and you're not going to give LeBron James, one of the greatest players this game of basketball has ever, ever seen, a say, and that's how you're going to label the end of his career? After he sacrificed things to come to this city and win you a chip? Like, I, I think it's bigger than just saying, oh, we're going to get a return of assets. You're looking at a guy's legacy overall, and he helped you win a chip, a chip literally 22 months ago. And who are you going to get back for LeBron? Like, Jeannie is a chip off the old block. Dr. Buss, when Kobe wanted to get traded, oh, he wants to go to the Clippers, whatever. Dr. Buss told Kobe, Kobe, you're a five-carat diamond. I'm not trading you for five one-carat diamonds. You don't do that in the NBA. The Shaq trade, uh, the package centered around Lamar Odom, did not work out well for the Lakers, actually. You could say, well, but then they eventually won with Odom on the team. No, but come on. The the Heat immediately won a championship. Um, I'll say this. When I look at the Lakers, guys, I, I, I think there's a good chance LeBron can stay there. I also think that people are overstating the kind of dire straits they're in. Russell Westbrook's contract becomes an, a very enticing, expiring deal at the trade deadline this year, right? It's $47 million off of someone's books. So if I have two players, guys, or three players making whatever, you know, $18 million, this one, this one makes this. So they're nice rotation pieces, but I'm look, but they have another couple of years on their deals, right? And I'm looking to clear that money because I have bigger things in mind. Yeah, I get an expiring deal. The Lakers may be able to, to bring in some good complementary pieces to LeBron and AD. And, and furthermore, key, if you trade LeBron for, oh, we're going to build for the future, what are the odds that you ever win a championship out of that? versus the odds that you can win another one with LeBron and AD if you put the right pieces around them. I, I think the odds are in favor of LeBron and AD over a bunch of young studs in the immediate in immediate future. But over time, if you develop those guys, you could put yourself in a position to where you would say the NBA is at right now when you look at young teams that's still, you know, getting it done. The Boston Celtics, for instance. Those type of things is, I think, where the Lakers' mindset may be right now. LeBron James is going to factor into that either way, whether they go and trade him for some assets or, or move him or whether he decides that he doesn't want to deal with the Kurt Rambuses and Linda Rambuses anymore or, or get involved with the Phil Jackson hovering over the organization and he doesn't want to be a part of that, eventually – He's going to make nope. that known to everybody, and he'll be on his way. You know what? I just you think that though, when Keith? you look at it, huh, Jay? No, I was just saying, but, uh, Keith, when you see, like, first off, Stephen A. Smith always chooses his words very carefully, right? So the operative words, strongly consider. Stephen A. Smith never came out and said the Lakers need to trade LeBron James. Strongly consider is like one of those 
sexy, polarizing things you say that start a conversation. It doesn't mean they should do it, though. And my thing is, when you look at the greats in the game, Keith, from Tim Duncan to Kobe Bryant to MJ to Magic Johnson, like these guys weren't traded at the end of their career. They left on their yeah, terms. Yeah, but, uh, but, but when you're talking about – the Lakers, and you mentioned in those great players, guess what about those great players that you just mentioned? All homegrown. There is no strong allegiance to LeBron James in the Lakers fan base, in the Lakers ownership group. Yes, he is a rental for this fan base. We appreciate everything that LeBron James has done for the Lakers, but it's not the same. It's not the same as Magic or or did you say Tim Duncan? Hold on, it's not key, the same. Key. Key, Kobe Dream Bryant. Was, Shaq was. Hold on, Max. Kobe Bryant passed away. I just want to remind everybody of this moment, even though Laker fans claim him as a rental. Kobe Bryant passed away. How LeBron James handled that when he delivered that incredible speech. Let's remember that he won them a championship off the year that Kobe Bryant passed away. It was an incredible thing. And in how he handled that entire adversity moment within the Lakers organization. I think sometimes we forget about that because we get so lost up in the last couple of years where all this drama surrounding it, like how imperative that was. It's a good thing to remind Lakers fans, Jay. It's a good thing to remind Lakers fans. Jay, it is, in all due respect for LeBron James, yes, he is put in a position where he had to be the leader. He had to step up. He is close friends with Kobe Bryant. They are was colleagues, so he's going to do all of those sort of things. Doesn't take away from the fact that Laker fan base view this as a rental for the Lakers. He wasn't drafted by the Lakers like a Kobe Bryant, even though Kobe wasn't drafted I, by him, yeah. but he was eventually brought there via trade, which essentially means that he was drafted by him because it was the first team he ever played for, an only team. What? So when you look at it, it's a little bit different. I understand exactly what you are saying. A great player and everything, but it's just not the same. So I think in the end, if they felt like they can do better, this is why Stephen A is saying this. Stephen A ain't just pulling it off the wall, Jay. I mean, the man is dialed into the NBA to a whole nother level. So somebody somewhere is putting this out in the universe. He may be couching his words carefully. But there's something there. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Fields are the field. Key tells you which second-year quarterback is going to have the best season in 2022. That's next on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. 
Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com morning, code morning, for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance. Key, what are you ranking here? Top second-year quarterbacks that in the 2022 year that can break out, basically, and have fantastic seasons, Max Kellerman. <laughs> yes, Keyshawn Johnson. Let's hear it. <laughs> number six. Davis Mills sitting at number six of the Houston Texans. A lot of people wonder why the Houston Texans didn't go after a veteran quarterback in the trade with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland picking up Baker Mayfield. That's because they believe in Davis Mills. They believe he had a pretty good year last year, came along toward the end of the season, and they could roll into his second season, and he could have even a better year. That's one of the reasons they didn't select a quarterback at the top of the draft. Number five. Now, number five is tricky because – I'm not sure it's going to be Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers or Jimmy Garoppolo of the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy's somewhat on a trading block with a shoulder injury, but then again, he's not on a trading block. I'm hearing mixed messages coming out of San Francisco. Some like him, Trey Lance, some love him, some don't know. So he sits at number five. Number four. Number four is interesting, and Evan's probably jumping up and down, kicking and scratching and crawling right now because this quarterback is Zach Wilson could burst onto the scene in his second year. The New York Jets certainly did something to upgrade the offense, getting Brees Hall at the running back position, drafting Garrett Wilson. We already know what they have in Corey Davis, along with Elijah Moore at the receiver position. Let's find out if he's capable of taking a giant leap in year number two. I told you guys they should have drafted Malik Willis. This is why. (laughs) (laughs) Number three. (laughs) Number three. A team that you just don't like for whatever reason, Max. You don't like the head coach. You despise him. You think he's always up to something. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots (laughs) and Mac Jones. This is an interesting one. They went out and they got him some help in Devontae Parker from the Miami Dolphins. You would think that the Dolphins gave up on Devontae Parker, but they're deep at the receiving position. Nelson Aguilar is over there along with Kendrick Bourne, along with Jacoby Myers. So, Second year, Mac Jones sitting at three on this ranking. Number two. Number two, probably a lot of, in a lot of people's minds should be pushed down because it's a new head coach, a new system, not a whole lot of offensive weapons. But I would say this, for a second-year guy in Justin Fields, really it's his first year because last year was a throwaway. He's got a new head coach, so essentially this is his rookie season. I put him at number two because I believe his athletic ability and his skill set will surpass everybody else in this year's in this particular draft class in terms of the the upside of him. Now, number one for me number is an one. easy one. You're sitting at number one with Trevor Lawrence. They went out and paid a handsome ransom to upgrade the receiving core with Zay Johnson coming over from the Raiders, Kristen Kirk coming over from Arizona, but the The caveat and the key piece to all this is Doug Peterson, the head coach that made a run and won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles, eventually was fired, had Carson Wentz playing at an all-time high once upon a time, took a guy off the scrap heap in terms of Nick Foles, won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, had people like you again, Max Kellerman, believing that Nick Foles is the answer to all quarterback problems in the National Football League. 
Trevor Lawrence will have a fantastic year. He'll sit at number one. Ooh, I like that list. I, I definitely, I, Key, I agree with you for everything but one. Oh, God, and here we go. It's, it's just one thing. It's just yes. one thing. And it's slight. I want to hear your reasoning behind Key's real rankings because, you know, obviously your rankings are, are seen through the Key mind, which is different than any other mind I've seen in the history of minds. Mac Jones being three <laughs> while Justin Fields is two. Are you saying that you, you trust in the evolution of him behind Eberflus as a coach instead of Mac Jones with Bill Belichick considering last year, even though he didn't sling it as much as you would like, but still it feels like the scheme is more trustworthy with Belichick and Mac Jones than more so not knowing what we're going to get with Eberflus and Fields. Well, here's what I would say. There's two things right here, right? Bill Belichick is probably going to call plays on the offensive side of the ball along with a collective group of the offensive coaching staff for Mac Jones. Mac Jones is going to be pushed down in my rankings because they're not going to allow him to be Patrick Mahomes. They're just going to kind of bottle him in, keep it nice and simple, and allow him to keep developing as a quarterback. Where Iberflus... The head coach I know nothing about coming over from Indianapolis as a defensive coordinator. I know nothing about him. He is most likely going to just unleash Justin Fields. And if he, even if he doesn't, Justin Fields' athletic ability and skill set will unleash itself because it just becomes natural. They will win on the offensive side of the ball because of Justin Fields. The New England Patriots will not win on the offensive side of the ball because of Mac Jones, although Devontae Parker is coming over there. And you look at Mac Jones' rookie season, he completed 68% of the passes. Those are dink and dunks and screens. Let's not fool ourselves, right? He threw 3,800 yards. How many balls was past the damn line of scrimmage? You know, so when you start to look at that, you say to yourself, okay, they're just going to bring him along slowly. And I'll say this again, young Tom Brady, not seven Super Bowl winning championship Tom Brady. But everything that they did right with Brady to turn Brady into what he is today, not rush him along, and I think that's where Mac Jones sits. Well, listen, other than losing your offensive coordinator, which is not a small thing, Mac Jones had a very solid rookie season, and he should get better. I have another – I'd have him ahead of Justin Fields, but let me ask you another question about Justin Fields, Key. I look at what they did in the draft. They, they – the, the splashy picks or the high-round picks for the Bears were all on the defensive side of the ball in the secondary. Right, that secondary is probably going to be pretty good. The offensive linemen they took like in the middle of the draft. It took a whole bunch of them, but they waited till later on. So maybe one or two of those guys stick, maybe not. But that's been the whole problem for the Bears' offense, right? More than anything, they cannot protect the quarterback. So I look at Zach Wilson. They've been building his line. They brought him in a receiver. They brought him in a running back. And I'm thinking, why isn't it feel, uh, Trevor Lawrence one, Mac Jones two, maybe Zach Wilson three? and fields four until we see what that offensive mm-hmm. line looks like, what the wideouts look like, what Eberflus, what you guys are talking about look like. Again, you, you have that much confidence in Fields' natural ability? I do. I do have that much confidence as a natural ability. If you watched him at Ohio State, you could see that when he needed to put his team on his back, he did it with his legs, not only his legs, but he also did it with his arm. If you look at some of the splash plays that he was able to make last year, that was all about him. That wasn't about Matt Nagy. It was all about him. So when you have a quarterback like this, you try to utilize him to a whole nother degree. On top of that, you mentioned 
shoring up their secondary. What does that tell me? I got a defensive-minded head coach. What are they going to do? They're going to try to make stack that defense and make that defense the strength of the team. Then you say the offensive line. What does that mean to me? That means they're going to try to protect, max protect this quarterback as much as they can. And then when he gets into trouble, they will allow him to utilize his legs. So, therefore, he's going to have more responsibility on his shoulders to make this offense go just on his athletic ability in itself. You say, well, why not Zach Wilson? Yeah, they went out and got some players, some young players. I don't know much about Mike LaFleur. I know people are like, oh, LaFleur, you're getting the last name confused with his brother. And, and, and that's the difference, right? Matt LaFleur is way different than his brother. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about it, you say to yourself, well, what is the New York Jets? They got a very good draft class coming in. They had a very good situation to build up on. But I don't know what Robert Sala is. We like him. He's got a lot of energy. But yeah. what is he – what is – what is Zach Wilson? Do we know what Zach Wilson is other than a couple of throws? Evan would argue with me and say, well, Zach Wilson. Blah, blah, blah. No, man, he made well, a couple I hear throws. I'm actually, I have no argument with this list. The only argument I have with this list is I would probably have Mac Jones lower. Oh, and if yep. Trey Lance plays, I actually would have Trey Lance higher. I don't know what Zach Wilson is. He looks like he's put on some weight. The Jets are building around him, but I'm okay with Zach Wilson being four. I actually think maybe he should be. Wait, you don't know little... what you don't know what Mac Mac Jones is, or Zach Wilson is. We're you building. know what Trey Lance is. I trust Trey Lance with Kyle Shanahan's I, I offense and no the idea. weapons around him. I trust Trey Lance to have a better season I, than Zach Wilson. I have no idea who Trey Lance is either, and I have no idea my, what weapons Trey Lance is going to have. My issue. My issue with Mac Jones, and you can make the argument with Trey Lance, too, with the offensive coordinators here, but the issue I have with Mac Jones is they lost Josh McDaniels. And I don't know of a second-year quarterback who lost a good offensive coordinator to a head coaching job and had a better season in year two. So I do. I am worried worried that Mac Jones and this Patriots offense, what they are going to be. I know Keith says Bill Belichick's going to call plays. That's great. They have, like, 15 cooks in the kitchen. They have— Joe hold Judge. on, hold on, Evan. Let's get it. Ba- let's get it back to Justin Fields for a second. Like I, I, I Evan's getting so psyched. That's about that New York. That's the same thing you do with the Cowboys, Max. When you start talking about the Giants, yeah, same no thing. doubt. We're of talking course. about New England, and he's gonna have a heart attack just like Bart Scott would. Yeah. As soon as you start talking about New England, they go crazy. Well, I, I, exactly. I, I want to ask about Justin Fields. I hear what I think. Evan's making good points about second year, and I can anticipate your response. Like you know, it's Belichick, and they'll keep it steady and sound and all Dude, that. Dude, they won eleven. Games the last time Belichick called plays on the offensive side of the ball yeah. with Matt Castle. But I want to get into architect. Justin Fields, He's the guys. Architect man, like the architect is going to be fine. I want to get into Fields because Key, I hear everything you're saying about Justin Fields. I think he can be a star quarterback. I thought it was great move for the Bears to go up and nab him in that draft. I recommended they move up and get him when I heard he was slipping. You know, as we were going into the draft, like the week before, like you're not going to for once grab a guy who might be great at quarterback. But, Key, are you a year early? Do you fear you're a year early on the Justin Fields prediction based on what's around him? It's not like a rookie year again, but it's a new situation, not ideal weapons and protection and stuff like that. Are you jumping the gun by a year on him based on his talent? I might be, Max. I could be. And Evan jumped in my ear and said I was completely wrong about Bill Belichick calling plays. I know they won 11 damn games when he did call plays. Now, I don't know what year it was, but right. back to Justin Fields. What I would say is that I may be a year early on it, but something tells me 
when you go through what he went through a year ago and you have a good offseason and you come back, the game slows down for you. It slows down for you. And they're going to allow him to be Justin Fields that we saw at Ohio State, where Matt Nagy kind of was toying around with three different quarterbacks. Well, that's not the case anymore. It's his team. It's his deal. And Chicago Bear fans should be extremely excited and happy about it. But this is where it is like his rookie year all over again because yes. you know coming into the season that this is his team. There's not going to be shared minutes, shared reps you know, going against Andy Dalton. And when teams know it is your team, like they allow, they allow you to become more prepared You know, when you think about your strategy that they implement against you. And for Eberflus, it, it, I just want to give them a year for them to build some continuity. And I know you can say the same for Trevor Lawrence. It just feels like Trevor Lawrence is in the pocket by himself because he's already been labeled key as a generational talent. I don't know yes. why it feels like we give Trevor Lawrence, like, the pass. Well, like, oh, he's, well he, he, he's fine because he's just in a bucket by himself, generational talent, whereas we, we should be talking about Justin Fields kind of like that way too, right? Think about it, though. Trevor Lawrence has Doug Peterson now, right? So here's a coach that had Carson Wentz playing, got Carson Wentz $100-something million dollars. Okay, took a team to a Super Bowl and won. Played the position as a quarterback. So it's kind of like they went out and got some pieces on the offensive side to push the ball down the field. So I, I feel like Trevor Lawrence, based on all that, is going to have the top second year for these quarterbacks. And Evan got in my ear again, just fact check, correct me. Uh, 2009 was the year that Belichick won 10 games, Jeez. not 11. Evan, <laughs> with you Mac, are relentless. Leave with this man Mac, alone. Wait, with Mac Jones, not Mac Jones, with Mac Castle left. I just want to be correct factually, you know, want to make sure that our listeners don't tweet at us and say we don't know what the hell you're we're saying, talking you're about. Talking, wait, you're talking so about the year, the year Mac Castle uh, won 10 and they won 11 overall? No, no. no, it, was the year no. A- it was the year after Castle left. They didn't have a technical offensive coordinator. So, like, Belichick was involved in the offense. Right. The, the play caller was Bill O'Brien. They won 10 games and lost yeah, but in they the win double the digits. Ravens. The point is they won double I, I see Gosh. Key what you mean. Even if he took <laughs> a, a step back in your second year means you're as good as you were in your first year, right? A yeah, step back I, really look, means you're just not getting any better, and that's yes. already pretty good. I want to get back to Justin Fields again here. I'm not done With with Fields, guys, because when he came out of high school, right, like it was not clear even in college who was going to go one, Trevor Lawrence or him, for a while. Yeah, yes. And Trevor Lawrence went one. But in terms of raw talent, Justin Fields might have been the best guy in the draft. The Bears got him now, right? Yeah. And when I look at him, I see a version of. I don't think his, his, his arm is as big, but I think his skills are more refined at, an, at the same age, Josh Allen. No, right? he has a huge no, arm. I, I get it, but Josh Allen is like freaky deaky if you had to ask me. But, but I think they're similar in a lot of ways, and, and, and Justin Fields is even a little more refined at the same point in his career than Josh Allen was. But key, Josh Allen, year over year, made like almost perfect development. You can't just assume that happens to a guy. That's like the success story. Do you think Justin Fields can make the same step forwards the way Josh Allen did in order to get to where he is like do you when you look at the Bears which is I think what Jay is pointing out do you see that infrastructure I I I don't know enough about the infrastructure but what I would say based on my eyes in college he made leaps each year when he left Georgia to Ohio State he got better he got better he got better if you watched him play last year he got better as the more he played, he got better. I would think that 
treat this as a rookie season this year. Last year was a just whatever, you know. Josh Allen didn't have to go through that. Josh Allen didn't have to make changes with his offensive coordinator or head coach. So things were kind of the, the, the circumstances surrounded Josh Allen were perfect. Question. Who Answer. is the most talented quarterback um, of all the guys, of all the second-year quarterbacks? Who has the most raw talent? Justin Fields. That's what I think, too. Justin I Fields. think he's the most yeah. overall talented guy. But he has, to, he has to win despite having continuity. What and I think about that, that's a that's a big thing, Key. You know what I mean? Like when you talk about Josh Allen, the continuity of having Brian Dable there to help him build and progress towards where he ultimately is. And that's the question around the front office and the head coach and the offensive coordinator for Chicago. Like, is this the right team to have in place to help Justin Fields reach his peak ceiling potential? What well for Chicago Bear fans? in their front office, they better hope so. They yes. better hope so. Because you don't want to look up in 2024 saying we got it wrong. How do, you want to say that you got it right. How did they even get Justin Fields? Because he slid. Or else the Bears wouldn't have been able to jump up and grab the most talented guy in that class, according to us, right? How did he slide? What were the rumors? What was said by the analysts and, and that, everything? That's, that's, that's all the time. I, want to, I want to address it, though. He doesn't process it fast enough. We like Trey Lance. He's more of a long-term project, but he processes faster. We like, uh, obviously, Trevor Lawrence went one overall. Uh, Zach Wilson or even Mac Jones, even though he went later because he wasn't as athletic. But the knock on Justin Fields and the reason he slid is they said he doesn't go through his progressions quickly enough, that kind of stuff. What do you see, Key? Well, if, you, if you're drafting a guy based on what other people are saying versus what you see, then you're not very good at evaluating talent anyway. Uh, he beat Trevor Lawrence head-to-head. He, he took care of business there. He processed it when he needed to. So I, I don't understand it, the draft process sometimes and the way people pick and choose and do those sort of things. That's for them to answer, not for me. To answer your question, though, I think Justin Fields is in that 1A 1B flip-flop Trevor Lawrence for me and my money. But, if I was drafting, I would have taken either one of the two, most likely depending on what it is that I'm looking for at the quarterback position. And you know what, you know what's so funny about stuff like that, what Max just said? It's funny how those things end up becoming highlighted on draft day about, oh, it doesn't go through his progressions. But what you don't hear highlighted is about his work ethic and about how he always busts his ass to make sure that he, stay, he stays prepared Shit. and he's willing to go – overboard in order because he's so competitive to be the best on the field. Like, that gets diminished while the stuff about him going through his progressions a little bit slower gets raised. Justin Fields, to me, was they a steal, got, guys. He was a steal. A steal. But, I agree. But, but why was it he who got pinned with that? It wasn't Trey Lance. It wasn't anyone well, else. They well, pinned that on him. Well... <laughs> well, okay, but... There, but by, well, well, what, Jay? Well, Let's say it out loud. <laughs> Let's say it out loud, See? Jay. Yeah, say it loud, Jay. I dare you. I'm black and I'm proud. By the way, that 100% I've noticed. I've noticed that in drafts. When you start to see guys slide, what do they tend to look like and what do you tend to hear associated with their names? Come right? on, Ohio State. State. Hey, but look, in this hey, draft. Yeah. Hey, Max, he went to Ohio State. <laughs> That's what they said. Yeah, right, Ohio yeah, State man. quarterbacks, blah, blah, blah. That's, yeah, which yeah, is I mean, ridiculous, too. The Bears laughed all the way to the bank on him in my, in my estimation, but – now he got, he's got to develop. It's not a sure thing. He's got hey, to develop. They've got to put him in the right spot, and he's got to do it. 
CJ Stroud should transfer right now because he'll be the <laughs> eighth quarterback off the board. Don't oh. do that to my squad. Leave him alone. You got it, CJ. Hey, look. He CJ went to Ohio Stroud. State. You know how they do Ohio State quarterbacks. Jay, Jay. <laughs> hey, Jay, we're going to grab him in next year's draft, New York Football that's Giants, and a little right. CJ Stroud action. Leave his name out of your mouth. Twelfth <laughs> quarterback off the board, C.A. Stroud. <laughs> when you think about what Justin Fields is working with, like how young he is to be, and and his gifts, he, I mean, what like what is he really missing in terms of a raw prospect? Now those can go in very. Not everyone turns into Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or someone like that. Very few do what Justin well, Herbert or Joe it, Burrow did, but. He's, it all depends on how you bring them along, though, yep. Max. Yep. It just it it's it's you you handle young quarterbacks very delicately with white gloves, and mm-hmm. you you make sure to bring them along a certain way. You don't bring everybody along the same, right? You just don't. Patrick Mahomes was forced into a situation because Andy Reid and the company saw his progression in practice, and he's like, "Oh my mm-hmm. God, he can play." Justin Fields, on the other hand, you might have to bring him on a little slow. Four years from now, he might be a pro bowler. Or four years from now, he might be looking for another job. But at least the Bears took a big swing. They have not ever had a great quarterback. And if you look at Justin Ah, Fields... Sid Luckman. (laughs) If you look at Justin Fields, there's greatness in there, maybe. right? At least maybe there is greatness in there. The tools are there. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is brought to you by Barbasol. Feeling great starts with a great shave, and great shaves start with Barbasol shaving cream. And for a limited time only, capture your Barbasol Jurassic World collector cans before they're gone. Um, so I'm glad we uh, put this Justin Fields things to bed. No, look, 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. Which second-year quarterback will have the best season? That's very, that's very nice, guys. Thank you for that. The City of Stars getting rid of the biggest star in town. No way. That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.